1: Hello, and welcome to Quarantine Good, the show that looks at the things you're recently into and decides whether they're good or you're just being held hostage by the world's circumstances. We are the two guys who will be judging
2: how you've been spending your time. I'm James Hamilton. And I'm David Twitey. And this is very exciting. This is the first episode of this podcast. Uh, this, this this sort of sprung out of a, a conversation uh, that, that James and I were having a couple weeks ago. Um, we were at a small indoor gathering of twenty to thirty of our friends, and uh, we were we were talking about um, the recent television program Queen's Gambit.
1: And what I what I said to our twenty to thirty friends in the small <laughs> indoor setting, he stood on, on top said... of a
2: table. And he said, "Listen up, everybody."
1: and I said gather near gather near <laughs> friends as close as you possibly can gather near and then I said I can't tell your reactions to my story would you mind removing your masks yeah and then I began to tell them
2: about the the show queen's gambit <laughs> everyone listening rapped, open mouth cheering loudly uh, but we we were talking about that show and like how we we all consumed it we all talked about it everyone seems to have enjoyed it but is it good is there any way to tell anymore how can we tell whether something that we're enjoying right now is good yeah it feels like we've lost touch with what's good
1: sometimes intentionally sometimes just the way that the world is we're like i don't even care if things are good anymore but it feels like what it's done is it has like eroded our ability to figure out what is actually good and what is not right and the phrase quarantine good came up because i said to david i was like is queen's gambit good or is it quarantine good and that phrase i have to give credit is from my mom i don't think i told you that oh my mom has been watching my mom has been watching movies and shows every time i'm like is that good she'll be like it's quarantine good
2: glued to the old quibi subscription yeah
1: yes oh yeah my mom loves a good quibi she still hasn't recovered from the news (laughs) so
2: yeah i and i think that this is an experience that we've that we've all had to some degree throughout this where we are just so beaten down by global events we're depleted of serotonin we haven't seen anyone who we care about in in ages we haven't touched a human being since 2012 it's it it can be difficult to gauge whether something is just killing like eating a couple of these hours that we have to do something with or actually worth pursuing and uh and i think we're 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 trying to get to the bottom of this
1: and uh we're gonna do that by uh you know the show's going to bring on a bunch of people that we think are very funny, very smart, uh, and we're going to talk to them about the things that they're into that maybe aren't so smart, mm-hmm. and figure out what what the heck's going on with everybody's taste now. And we're going to have we have a board where we're going to determine what things are good and what things are
2: quarantined good. Like any successful podcast, uh, this has a strong visual element to it. But we, we thought it would be a good idea to definitively rank these things as we go along, which uh, I mean maybe that's something that people could use uh, in the future. Yeah this
1: definitive this definitive ranking
2: I absolutely mm-hmm. it'll be a historical
1: uh, document without doubt. We're,
2: we're using very scientific measures that are based on um, mostly our own pre existing biases and how we feel on I- any given day.
1: I think my favorite part about this show is the fact that the mere idea of starting a podcast, it's not clear if that idea is good or if it is quarantine good itself. I
2: think this is a third category that's just bad. <laughs> Why are we doing yeah. <laughs> We're throwing yes, this out I, there. I think this is the third category,
1: which won't be on the board. <laughs>
2: Right, this is zooming out uh, in another way where it's just like, would we be doing this if stand-up was still available?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, would we be doing this if uh, either of us had touched a human since 2012?
2: <laughs> so Do the math, that's when it started. That's when this whole mess started, if you're asking me. Mm-hmm. It was when Barack Obama beat Mitt Romney for re-election. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we're starting out by calibrating the board. We do want to get some sense of what our measurements are here before we uh, start um, bringing on our friends and judging them. Uh, So James and I have both prepared um, a few of our own favorite pastimes from over the course of the past uh, 10 months now. And uh, and we're going to put them on the board and see see what we we end up with here. And to be clear, these are things that
1: you have... Only recently gotten into specifically since quarantine has started. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not going to have anybody who's a lifelong Taylor Swift fan come on and tell us about why they've spent so much of their life devoted to Taylor Swift. We're looking for people who got into Taylor Swift in the last two albums. Mm -hmm.
2: Is that how many she's come out with since uh, since COVID hit?
1: Yeah, isn't that uh, actually very impressive? Well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, soon we will have made two podcast episodes. That's
2: true. Balls in your court, teased <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I think there's no better way to start this. There's no better way to calibrate. There's no better way to begin the process than to look at Tiger King. It, was Tiger King good? David, what are your what are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I mean, I think this is a perfect thing to start out with because this is a media event that everyone experienced. This was like the first thing. Like the the early months of this were were very different from the at least for me, there was like a feeling like, well, we don't know when this is going to be wrapped up. I remember being on a Zoom call for work like a week into quarantine where one of my coworkers made a reference to two months from now when we're back at the office, which is so funny in retrospect, <laughs> uh, just wildly optimistic. But I think that's where we were at, at, uh, at that time. It wasn't March was a scary time, but also uh possibly a more optimistic time bernie sanders hadn't dropped out of the race yet you right. know we didn't we didn't know how much of a slog this was really going to be so tiger king really felt like all right i'll watch this fucking crazy show and then maybe when i'm done with it uh everything will be back to normal like that was just the band-aid that we were putting on that moment and we did it all together. And in hindsight, there wasn't really a lot there. I mean, this was an old news story. It's sort of a weird thing for everyone to have jumped on this one thing altogether. And it was sort of heightened by uh, all the uh, every single Carol Baskin joke on Twitter. That was like a phenomenon, unlike anything since the Marie Kondo joke rush of like 2018. When was that? (laughs) That sounds right.
1: Um, Yeah. So let me let me. Let me be the the fact provider here for a second and just give some context of how much people were watching Tiger King. So, for 2020, all of last year, this is just top streaming content of original series. Tiger King is number four. Oh my God. Of all original series, it accounted for over 15 billion minutes of streaming content last year. Number one was Ozark, number two was Lucifer, number three was The Crown. And what's crazy is that Ozark had 30 episodes, Lucifer had 75, The Crown had 40 total, and Tiger King had eight. So the fact that this was even
2: in the running is truly a feat. That makes it feel like there was like numerous people who watched the whole thing and then were like, I better revisit that and see if there's anything important that I missed.
1: They were just like, I got to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to watch it again.
2: There, there, eight was too many episodes.
1: Oh, eight was definitely too many episodes. This is my complaint about all Netflix shows in general is that they take something that is a good idea, they stretch it into too many episodes, and they only think through 75% of the concept.
2: Yes. There's a very common thing on uh, on Netflix where they'll have a 12-episode season where the first four and the last four episodes are okay, but nothing happens in the middle four. Yes. Tiger King basically, like, all the shit happens in the first half of that series, basically. The rest is just this sort of weird war between these people online, which is like, baby, I got twitter.com. I can watch this unfold in real time. Absolutely. So when I'm looking at the board, this is our baseline to start with. I think this goes near the bottom. I think we leave a little bit of space under there for, you know, I mean, who knows? what sort of deviant shit people are doing with their time. It could definitely be worse if someone comes on and they're like, I've gotten really into, say, storming the national Capitol building. uh, (laughs) Right. We're like that. That would probably go on for sure. That's quarantine good if I've ever heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if it comes down to Tiger King or armed insurrection against the United States government, I don't know let me hear you out what are your issues but probably then i would say check out Ch-
1: yeah if that's the measure i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh with tiger king that's yeah i, got I think that's that's definitely quarantine good because i will say i mean i was into i was into it at the time i'm into any series that brings Shaq into some mess which this show was able to do i completely forgot about that aspect yeah of it. yeah i think that do you remember when someone asked the president about it <laughs> did they ask the president if he was watching or if he would pardon
2: the tiger king? they asked if he would pardon the tiger king, <laughs> i th- <laughs> and trump said like oh we'll look at it very strongly or oh of course
1: just imagine of all of the issues of our time if you were like i have one question to ask the president and the question <laughs> yeah. you ask is not this right. show
2: this wasn't a slow news day there's like an ongoing presidential election and like it was during the pandemic and shit oh excuse me mr <laughs> president
1: um so if that's our baseline david uh what have you what is something you've been into and, and and we can place it accordingly
2: okay well one of the first things right off the bat when this hit uh i started doing uh yoga every day i did like i hate doing uh uh, planks but i did them every day for the first three months of quarantine Wow! and then i stopped so what i've got is uh doing a lot of yoga for three months which i feel like this was a pretty common experience some a lot of people did some version of this here's what Here's why I think this is an interesting one. Yoga is a healthy thing,
1: but is it something you enjoy doing or is it just something that you were doing because you needed something
2: to do? Hey, I I would say that I hated doing it, but <laughs> I felt physically a lot better when I was doing it a lot. I mean, that, that's something that counts for quite a bit. One of the issues with it was I uh, I was a victim of my own success because <laughs> I started doing it and then I started, I was getting, I was getting better at it and I was holding, holding positions for longer and I was like able to do more push-ups and sit-ups and then eventually my workout regimen got so time consuming that it was no longer convenient for me to do every day. Mm. Um, And then instead of scaling it back, I just stopped altogether. And at the time, I felt really good. I was in very good shape, probably the best I have been since like college. So that was good. But now I am no longer in that shape. And I just have the recent memory of having been. And that makes me feel sad. I would nominate this for good
1: over quarantine. Good purely based on the physical benefits of three months of yoga. Um, But I I think it it is tempered from going too high because of the shame that it
2: has induced. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I I agree. I, I think that this is a good, you know, second column good thing.
1: So we have our first good. So let's see how you feel about this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At the beginning of quarantine, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some context for you here. I got very sick. It was unclear whether it was COVID nineteen. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: G-
2: getting sick <laughs> is this good or is it quarantine good?
1: <laughs> this is only context. This is only con- this is co- this is the backstory. <laughs> I got very sick. So did my partner. It was unclear on whether it was the flu. Our coronavirus, while we were ill, is when both of our jobs were like, okay, actually, this is so bad, you need to stay at home. So we got a head start on being at home than everybody else did. So we feel like shit, and we have no idea what's going on. And so the place that we turned was the Great British Breaking Show. I'd never watched it in my life, mm-hmm. and. We began to methodically work our way through this show in a way that would suggest we were rabid fans when, in fact, I, I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that it it was just very comforting. Also, it's great. When things go wrong, British people just say things like, "Oh my." Like they could be about to lose this show that they've spent years working to be on. And they say the littlest, simplest things. And it's like, that's what I needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that I was not alone in this because in looking up television numbers as well. Oh God. The Great British Bake Off, same list that Tiger King was on, was number seven. So very high. 13 billion minutes of streaming. It's a lot, a lot of people turn to this. This is specifically in the United
2: States. I, I, this is a show that I have been a fan of in the past. the this is this is something that I was on this tip for a couple years before any of this kicked off. But this is extremely sensible quarantine viewing in my opinion. It's so low stakes. It's not like American game shows where everything is like so fucking like fraught and everyone <laughs> there's like the just the palpable desperation. It's just like a bunch of English people being nice to each other in a field. And like the most tense it'll get is like oh no, oh I'm worried the custard hasn't set properly. <laughs> and then and then Paul Hollywood will be like looks a bit of a mess, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it's just, it
1: feels good. It really does. I mean, one of the few marks against it is that early on in quarantine, when we didn't quite understand how things work, mm-hmm. you know, we're watching the early seasons, which is Mary Berry, who's very old, and people are blowing all over their food. People are constantly, oh, yeah. like, blowing on the powdered sugar, they're constantly breathing all over and stuff, <laughs> and then they're feeding it to this elderly lady, and I'm watching this. Very She's like comfortable.
2: Um, you're like, you have to go home. You have to get out of here.
1: <laughs> you
2: need to get
1: out of this dangerous situation. I mean, we could do a whole hour of speaking about the Great British Baking Show and how eventually they made an American version of this still exists if i'm pretty sure still exists and but has never really been successful paul hollywood i think is still on the american baking yeah
2: there was like there was like a scandal where like i think he got divorced because he like cheated on his wife with his co-host on the american version of the show yeah that sounds right he's just insatiable that man uh but yeah I, i like that is the that is, that is the t- that the degree to which I've even heard of the American version of that show that had no footprint at
1: all. Imagine getting drunk on
2: power, and your power is how well you bake. <laughs> well, he's got a magic handshake. Yeah, that's true. He, when he touches people, they cry and shit. <laughs> it's
1: truly it's the laziest signature move I've ever seen in my life
2: that's one of the funniest things about that show to me is when so he he'll shake someone's hand if they did a really good bake and then it'll cut to them doing an interview where they're like i can't believe i got a handshake and it's like i guess like man you you english people really are starved for affection over there huh
1: (laughs) (laughs) where do we put this one
2: personally i would make a case for this i would put i would put this in good i think this at least shades into good
1: I, yeah i think to the show's credit i can't think of a better cooking show no so i agree it's in good the question is is it better than doing yoga for 3 months i am going to i'm going to put it right under that i think i agree i agree i think if it had been yoga for 2 months maybe but since it's three months, I think
2: <laughs> the, the last four weeks really pushed it over the hump on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. This
1: is the type of science that you all can expect uh, from the show. Mm-hmm. All right. What else have you been into?
2: Um, this is something that if you've been closely following me on Twitter over the past 10 months, you know, I've become a big blue diamond almonds guy. <laughs> I started impulse buying them at the fancy grocery store near my house because I saw they had some new flavors that I, like, I I haven't really ever paid that much attention to the almond game, but I saw that they had wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. And I checked those out and they were delicious. Very, very, very salty and spicy. Exactly my kind of treat. Um, and then I started getting them on a regular basis. And then I was like, why am I doing this in individual trips? I looked on Amazon and it turns out that you can get a case of 12 cans of blue diamond almonds that are a variety pack. And they got all the flavors. You've got your, you've got, you know, your classic, uh, barbecue, but also several other ones that are bolder and, uh, often very similar to each other. So, in addition to wasabi and soy sauce, they've you've got your sriracha almonds. Mm. Those are mm. uh, those are top tier, in my opinion. You've got your, uh, I think sweet ch- sweet Thai chili was another one. Oh. Um, very similar, very similar to the uh, to the sriracha ones, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Salt and vinegar, which is not not as good as you'd think. That one was the one I was most excited for, not my favorite. And then uh, I, I started getting into some of the more adventurous ones like I tried there was like a, a toasted coconut one, which is like a dessert almond. But most recently I tried the uh, spicy dill pickle flavor of blue diamond almonds and that was too much because it's because it's two it's two different things. Give me the dill pickle or give me the spicy. You can't do both of those. You're working too hard.
1: Part of the problem with the spicy dill pickle is that most spicy dill pickles can't do both of those flavors. Yeah, what even is that? Who's ever had one of those? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've probably had a, a one of those at like some New York deli, but I can't say that yeah. I can't say that it always pulls it off, you know?
2: Yeah but I was eating a shitload of those the first six months of quarantine kind of got out of the habit because I got a couple cans of this spicy dill pickle one and they suck. But, uh, but lots of benefits. It's a great snack. It's easy to eat too many of them. That's not, that's not great. Um, according to the label on the blue diamond cans, each serving is six grams of protein. Mm. Um, which uh, is that a lot? I don't know. It feels like a good amount.
1: I, my question would be more around the fat content. Cause we're talking, this is a lot of fat content.
2: Well, this was also at the point when I was doing the most yoga. So good. maybe that balanced it out a little bit more. I will, I will also say this though. I was taking incredible poops during that period.
1: Not surprised and happy for you. Um, in keeping with this podcast tradition, which is to have very strong visual elements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a video call with David right now, and in the background, you <laughs> can.
2: <laughs> I forgot an important element of this. I also made a a wizard staff of all the cans that it I made. It is a tower still in the corner. It of is my a room.
1: tower. It is towering to the top, nearly to the top of the room. It's the top of the room as they as they call it where I come from <laughs> this feels like something they'd say on the great british baking show the top of the room <laughs> it's it's so many almond cans and this is why everyone who's listening i'm going to guess is thinking to themselves how could eating almonds be anything other than good but if you just saw the sheer amount of almonds behind yeah. david right now <laughs> <laughs> this I am nominating for quarantine good. This is not, this is not actually good. This is an obsession that transcends normal taste. Your expertise in this is a a place in your brain that you will never get back. Is it your knowledge about the different flavors is a place in your brain that could have gone to something else? And it, it's it's not good. I am nominating it for quarantine. Good. It's better than Tiger King. <laughs> Can you convince me otherwise?
2: I I think you're probably right. You know, when you're getting into a situation where you're making art out of a food product and you're like reading the nutrition yes. facts and stuff like that, it just at one point I did the math on like how many grams of protein I'd gotten cumulatively from like all of the cans of almonds that I'd eaten it was significant i don't really remember exactly how many are in the store. and that's why i want to stress this here we're talking
1: yeah what's going on the board right now is not eating almonds i mean it it, it that might be the words that go up there david has eaten an amount of almonds that could only be described as a, as egregious <laughs> like it's not a, it's not an okay amount of almonds <laughs> It's <laughs> Crime against God. It's not okay when you, if you do a little bit of research about the amount of water that it takes to make almonds, and then you see what's going on behind David. This is this is a climate crisis.
2: There's a climate
1: crisis happening behind David right now.
2: I have devastated the Californian ecology (laughs) single-handedly.
1: Okay. All right, so I would say I'm putting this under quarantine. Good. It's towards the top of quarantine. Good because almonds nutritionally are good for you.
2: Oh, I put it lower. No, than I, yeah. That. Okay.
1: This is, this is about a quarter of the way down the quarantine good list. Certainly better than Tiger King. Certainly
2: better than Tiger yeah. King. All
1: right. Here's 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 the thing that I've gotten very deep into. I've gotten very deep into late '90s, early 2000, crime drama. Movies. These are feature films that either have to do with lawyers or police. Here are some of the films Bone Collector, starring Angelina Jolie, Denzel Washington, Kiss the Girls, Mm -hmm. Bad Company, which was Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins. Not
2: not as good.
1: Not as good. No, it's very true. Out of Sight.
2: Uh, Out of Sight. Solid movie.
1: Yeah. Set It Off. Good movie. I would go as far as to say probably good. Point Break, John Q, The Pelican Brief. Some of these are are actually the criminals are the stars of the movie. I need to be clear yeah. about that. The Firm, Inside Man, Runaway Jury, A Time to Kill. So this is the general genre that I've been watching so much of. You got it. And if you'll notice, if you were to listen closely a lot of these were denzel washington movies and that's because the endeavor that i set out on was to watch all of denzel washington's movies <laughs> but i became quickly distracted by how many of them <laughs> fell into the genre of late 90s early 2000 crime dramas and that is the rabbit hole i ended up going
2: uh, well so i mean you've got a little bit of a variety here and i would say personally i would say that Point Break is a separate genre from most of the rest of these movies. Because Point Break is, it is a, it, that's more of a straight-up action movie than a crime drama. But this is a genre that, okay. that really had its heyday in this time period, in the 90s and 2000s. And I've seen a lot of these movies just because um, there was a while and i mean i feel like it's still this way there i just have like more streaming options at this point but netflix their selection of movies that are more than like 20 years old is generally pretty limited they'll they'll cycle those out pretty quickly but what they did have a lot of is movies like this where i'd be like i'd either know it mostly as a reference from like comedy show from a comedy show or like watching I know that a lot of these movies I like am aware of them because I saw an actor from the movie go on Conan to plug it when I was like 14 years old or something like that. But a lot of these do hold up, and it's sort of a lost genre of movies where like now everything is like either absolutely everything is either like an A24 like art house movie, like something very personal, or it's like one of these fucking stupid. $200 million superhero epics where you don't have nearly as many of these like movies that are sort of, they're like in between budgets, probably between like uh, 20 to $50 million. And then like the movie is based on like a novel that you would buy at the airport. So many of these are John Grisham. Novels. Yeah. Yeah. You named at least a couple of them. there: Pelican brief mm-hmm. run runaway jury. And then you had uh, you had Devil's Advocate in the same time period, which was almost a parody of those movies. Um, and that one rocks, too. Uh, Along Came a Spider and Kiss the Girls, I think, are both, th- those are both Morgan Freeman, right?
1: Yes, and then High Crimes, because Kiss the Girls was Ashley Judd yeah. and Morgan Freeman. And that was based on a book and then they continued Morgan Freeman's character into Along Came a Spider. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman reunited in the movie High Crimes, which which was a different series, but was the same two
2: actors. That's interesting because that's something that they don't really do as much anymore. That used to be like, in like the 40s and shit, they would just be like, these two are good in movies together. We're just going to do a whole bunch of movies with these two with like the, this guy and this lady. Whereas now I feel like they're all, you very rarely see them like stick with the same combination more than once. You got your, your uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan had a couple together. But aside from that, it's like, okay, what other combination of like Chris Pratt and some lady can we do?
1: And that's why I wonder if this genre is actually good. Like, so the question here is, is this genre good or am I just seeking nostalgia and the comfort of this genre which is highly predictable Hi, like
2: very formulaic but like these this is these are enjoyable movies i i would say that this is good i would say that this is genuinely good on about the same level that i would say great british baking show is good despite a few tropes
1: of the genre despite the clear political leanings of some of these films this is clearly made in a time when america had a specific attitude towards crime like all, um, so many of these are like someone who's really not well
2: yeah right
1: is going to perpetrate an unimaginable mm-hmm. crime or there's some type of mastermind but the whole point is that it's individuals who need to be stopped yeah and and that is where where law enforcement comes in. So very of the time. All of that said, I agree. Probably good. I would say probably not as good as Great British Baking okay. Show
2: though. I'll uh yeah. I, I think that's fair. I and like the our the way that we think about cops has you know obviously changed a lot uh quite recently uh i think there are there are a lot of concepts that weren't even really out there until within the past year at least on a mainstream level but also i think that like what you're talking about is part of what made these movies very good because with a with like a a a crime movie you need a really good villain like and and that's what drives a lot of these things is that they do have these absolutely demented freaks that uh that you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of scene stealing of uh, performances out of them, like that, and made a lot of careers for guys like you know, like your John's Malkovich and like your your Tom's Noonan and stuff like that. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of character actors, so that's like a that was a good period. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, what else do you got? So this next thing is uh, another thing from pretty early days in the quarantine uh this was uh i have uh i have a nintendo switch and at this stage in quarantine i did not have a playstation 4 but this was when the remaster of the final fantasy 7 game came out or the new final fantasy 7 for uh playstation 4 came out and people were talking about it online and then i discovered That you can go on the Nintendo eStore and buy the original Final Fantasy VII for $16. So that's what I did. And then I replayed a huge chunk of this game that I was obsessed with when I was in middle school. This is not Mm. about the game Final Fantasy VII, which is an all-time classic. And I, I, I think that if i if i said that that game was quarantine good i would i would uh get yelled at by a lot of people but the experience of playing that game again as a 32 year old man i think goes solidly into the category of quarantine good
1: i think it's interesting how much of these topics are, are like just really seeped in nostalgia yeah I think that like my the movies that I'm talking about, the video games that you're talking about, so much of what we turn to in this time were things that were like familiar and comfortable. And this feels like it really hits the spot. Yeah. There. I haven't played Final Fantasy as a game. I know that people love it, but the the description of it feels solidly quarantine good to me, like the act of it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can you. There, there were things that I enjoyed about it this time. Through the soundtrack is great. I mean, when it first, when I first heard like the opening theme again, I almost cried. It's like (laughs) this occupies a very powerful space in my brain. Also, you can like name all of your characters, which I'd forgotten. So like, I named my main character Mister Poop or something like that, and that was like a fun, nice, fun thing during the game but uh this type of game i don't know not really my thing anymore but it's also it's interesting to play that one because i played that game the first time at a time when like i bought the strategy guide for it do you remember that where you would get like a thing that was like a thick magazine that would tell you how to do all the stuff in the game and that's just like it makes me think of the old pete holmes joke about the phone book like We printed a part of the internet for you to throw away. Like I can't (laughs) think of a more outdated product.
1: I do think there's a case here for this to be actually good. Part of the nature of content at this time, video games included, is how often it's just like a a nearly insatiable appetite for something new. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you returned to something in the past that is a favorite I think there's a case for that to actually be good and not just quarantine good.
2: I, I can see where you're coming from. I would I would put this as a high quarantine good.
1: All right. I can get behind that. High QG. High QG. Um. All right. I would put this as a high QG. Certainly the highest ranking QG that we've had so far. All right. Here's how we're going to close it out. The thing that I have realized... I don't even want to say that I've like gotten into this in a way that is like intentional but it has happened i have become during quarantine someone who tells others about my dreams (laughs) (laughs) i don't oh no yeah it's not it's it's i've also seen numerous articles during quarantine where they were like hey are your dreams crazy right now that's because quarantine is doing that to you and what i know is that the dreams i'm having are nuts they're they're like really I'm hashing through things from high school. And then the catchphrases in these dreams are incredible. I had a dream recently in which I said this phrase. I wrote it down. Some people go in and out of panic mode, but I save energy by never leaving it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Feels like a a T-shirt that you could get at Hot Topic or something. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't suffer from insanity. I'm enjoying every second of yes, it. Yes,
1: exactly. You could see the font on this t-shirt. Yeah. Here's why I, I am wondering if this is good or quarantine good. Clearly, no one likes to hear about others talk about their dreams. Yeah. But we're going through a particularly unique time. It seems as if many people are having strange dreams. And the fact that I'm actually talking about this could perhaps be good for my mental health. Or am I just alienating the friends that I talk to and the few minutes that I actually get to talk to them in the current world
2: and my co-workers. Uh yeah, I don't know. I've been having a lot of cinematic dreams. Like I've always had um pretty cool dreams. Like I've I never minded my nightmares that much because they're always very cinematic and entertaining. <laughs> um but I have had some recent like I had one recently where a headless child attacked me with a crowbar. That wasn't fun. Mm. Uh, that was that was like one that I legitimately had a hard time getting back to sleep after. Um, I don't know, though. I, I feel like people are being polite, but you should stop doing that.
1: So this is quarantine good. Perhaps very into outright problematic <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the, like I feel like uh, I feel like there's like a limited number of people that you have in your life that are like obliged to listen to that stuff and I think that there's nothing wrong with like talking about your dreams with uh, like your significant other although that can be an issue too because I, I used to like I used to date someone who would tell me about her dreams. And all of them were about like me being an asshole. And that just, that never made me feel good. Okay. I mean, it's just like, I had a dream where I was in trouble and you didn't help me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, sorry, I guess, I don't know. Um, but I, I think that uh, beyond like a very limited number of people, if you catch yourself in the middle of describing a dream, it's like, I oh, don't know, man, you know what you're doing.
1: So here's the question is telling people about your (laughs) dreams worse than the limited run series. Tiger King.
2: (laughs) I don't know. This is interesting. This is very difficult to put on this scale. I think no, but it's under almonds. I think
1: I, I, even though I'm the person doing it, there's part of me that hearing you describe it. I'm like, this is worse than tiger King. This is worse than Tiger King because at least Tiger King is fun. You know, like at least yeah. in the moment while you're watching, it, it was fun. But then when you thought back to it, you were like, this is, this is not good. But telling someone about the dream, about your dreams is only gratifying for me. But now that I'm thinking yeah, back, right. it, it's, it's not just that it isn't fun. It's that it's, I'm feeling embarrassed as we speak that I've done this. <laughs> this. <laughs> I, I don't feel great that this has been happening. I would nominate this to go below Tiger King. Am oh, I being wow. right. too... Am, but here's the thing. I'm feeling a great amount of embarrassment because I'm thinking about all of the times that I've done this. So you might need to rein me in here.
2: Okay, well, I would put this um on about the same level of Tiger King because it's redeemed by me getting to enjoy you feeling bad about yourself (laughs) (laughs) okay all right this moment of self-realization was worth it
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay well then they can be tied for that reason alone (laughs) all right cool yeah okay well uh you know quick wrap up uh our our highest ranking thing that we're into in quarantine was was what
2: Doing a lot of yoga for three months. Yes, definitely the best.
1: Uh, and then lowest is <sighs> Tiger King and telling people about your dream. Uh,
2: <laughs> yes, it's a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. Yeah, I, I think that I feel good about what we've done here today, James. So we'll we're gonna we're gonna make this a regular thing, and we hope you that you guys will continue listening. Uh, for now, James, how how do people find you and your stuff?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the jam ham, the jam ham. What about you?
2: Oh, you can look at all of my beautiful tweets at uh, twidey, T-V-E-I-T-E on twitter.com. Thanks, everybody. Quarantine Good is part of the Authentic Podcast Network.
1: Please like and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and tune in next week.